Welcome to another episode of Millionaire Secrets. This is Jeff Lerner, your host. Always thrilled to be with you and getting to have amazing conversations with brilliant and successful people and bring that to you. Today, we are joined by Krista Mayshore, who I know I was previously on her podcast. We had an amazing conversation. I already know we're going to have a great conversation. I will say this about Krista. She is a elite top even sliver of 1% performer in two different industries that are saturated, wildly competitive, littered with entrepreneurs, but very few high producers. And she's dominant in both of them, multi, multi-million dollar producer in both real estate and online coaching. Amazing talent, brilliant mind. Are you looking to transform your business? Well, if the answer is yes, then you don't want to miss out on our intensive event starting soon for only $97. This event is jam-packed, full days of live coaching with me. We have breakout sessions to customize and implement our daily trainings so that you can actually utilize them into your business. We're going to give you the training to craft your personal strategy to convert your leads into long-term clients. So let's go. What are you waiting for? Register now. Can't wait to see you there. And let's transform your business. Krista, welcome to Millionaire Secrets. Thanks, Jeff. You make me sound too good. <laughs> I just call them like I see them. What can I say? I, I mean, seriously though, right? I mean, tell me I'm wrong. There's what, 3 million real estate agents in the United States and about, I think you can count the ones that do 100 homes a year on like maybe your toes and fingers. Yeah, it's a pretty competitive space. Obviously, it's a, it's really the, the barrier to entry is super easy. So you've got everybody and their brother getting their license. Yeah, like literally everybody and their brother. And I, so if I was reading the numbers right, you were you were how long were you an active real estate where was that was like your main thing you were doing was real estate transactions? 17 years before I went into coaching. Okay, and you sold over 2000 homes. Yeah, around 2,200 homes. Yeah, so people talk about like, oh, I want to sell 100 homes in a year. Like that's this massive achievement. And it is. Only you sold, what's that, 120, 130 homes a year for 17 years straight? Yeah, give or take. Yeah, some years I sold 170 and 169 was my best year. And went some, my first year in the business, I sold 69. So pretty much every year from my first year, I went up and up and up in numbers. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that's that really is incredible. I, I know a, num a, a number of real estate agents. I've done real estate investing. So I'm kind of familiar. And obviously, I've bought a house as a, you know, home liver. And uh, so, I, you know, I'm reasonably familiar with the industry. And that's just those are just massive numbers. And I want to talk about digital marketing. I want to talk about coaching. I want to talk about kind of the new school of entrepreneurship type of stuff that you do. But let's can we just dive in with the, the good old fashioned real estate part of your life? Because I think that's got to speak to who you are as much as what and how you do. Um, like, how did you dominate that industry so much? Uh, you know, I just tried to be as different as possible. I kind of got thrown into it. So I used to be a teacher. I taught third grade for six years. I have a master's degree in curriculum and instruction. So teaching was my life. Like I was going to be a principal. That's why I got my master's degree. And my, one of my little girls got sick um, when she was born. She contacted spinal meningitis and then had kidney failure and strokes, and so we ended up in the, in the hospital for a couple of weeks and when I got when we got out well first they told me that she probably wasn't going to make it they said she, you know multiple times they were like call your 
your priest, she's, this is, she's not going to make it. Well, she ended up making it and she was, she's great now, but they told me that I should expect that she was going to have severe learning, learning disabilities, possibly be deaf and blind from the fevers and all that. And so I left my full-time teaching job to be a stay-at-home mom. And I decided just to like, I just kind of play real estate. I just get my real estate license and sell a couple homes a year, but mainly primarily be a, be a stay-at-home mom. And what happened was I ended up um, leaving my profession and I'm um, getting into real estate to play real estate and found out my husband at the time was having an affair. So within a few months, I had to drain bank accounts, a brand new house with an empty backyard and uh, two little girls, a single mom. So I had to like really dive into real estate. So that's how it started. Wow. Um, I guess, uh, is that, that's making lemonade out of lemons. It sounds like. I'm going through a hard time, but you know, like a lot of people are going through hard times right now. What I can say is, is, when that happened to me, my family was ripped apart. I was very sad. I and mean, I'm a rather thin person. It's like, I weigh about 125 pounds. I was under hundred pounds. I was wow. just, my life was shattered, right? And so, but I'm so glad it was shattered because I didn't realize that just how unhappy I was and how dysfunctional it was. And I wouldn't be in the place that I'm at right now had I been, you know, stayed where I'm at. And so those of you who are going through hard times right now, sometimes the hard things you go through end up like there's a rainbow at the end of them, you know, now I'm absolutely happily married and, um, you know, we've adjusted so well and I'm I'm truly with my best friend and things, things are great. You know, of course there's been ups and downs in between there, but, uh, I'm thankful that it happened because I wouldn't be the the person I am today had I stayed married because I I really was kind of on an abusive path and didn't really know it. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate you sharing about that. I think that's that's such a powerful truth. You, you know, I mean, I, I can briefly say for myself, when I got into, I would say the successful phase of my entrepreneurial life, prior to that, I was a very unsuccessful entrepreneur. <laughs> um, I was getting divorced. I, well, I was heading for divorce, let's say. I was half a million dollars in debt. The The economy had just collapsed. It was 2008. My, I had brick and mortar restaurant franchise businesses that I, I lost both of them. So now I am the, I'm on the hook for half a million bucks. Wife is done with me. She's like, this guy's a loser. And I was like, well, I don't like you anyways. And it was just a whole bad deal. And, but I'm living at her parents' house because we lost our apartment and like, same thing. I mean, different thing, but same thing, just total rock bottom shit show of a life. And you know, you, you hit bottom and there's only two ways to go. You can either slither sideways and just kind of ooze along the bottom or you can bounce, right? Yeah. Put your wrist, right? Or just get better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so your first year you sold 69 homes. Now this was, how long ago was this? 20 plus years? Yeah, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's 20 years ago. So it's 2021. This was 2001. Clearly the real estate industry has changed a lot in the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean, I, when I first started in real estate, like to show homes, I had to use the Thomas Brothers map, and I had to like yeah. out the twenty houses and and map quest it, you know, like from the from the map, and like write right. down right here, go left here, you know, X Z, and it was just a nightmare. Like, I, <laughs> how many houses? Twenty? You want to see ten houses? It took me like four hours just to map quest the house, and God forbid they ever asked me to veer in a different direction, I wouldn't know how to get there, you know. So yeah, it was very different. So what is it that you think you could speak to in terms of how you were able to, because even 69 homes your first year, that's a, that, I mean, I got to think that's a top one, two, at least 5% real estate, realtor, right? 1% pretty close, especially. Yeah. 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 So, so what is it that you could say about what you did then that would still be roughly relevant now, even though the, obviously the technology's changed? 
Well, I would, I was willing to put in the work in the time, right? I mean, I tell you how many times it'd be like Thanksgiving meal and somebody would call and say, Hey, I want to see a house, you know, and I'm cooking Thanksgiving dinner. Like, cool. I'll be there. I mean, I, I did whatever it took originally. I mean, I'd, I'd show houses on Christmas and Christmas Eve. And I, it's still amazing that people would allow me to actually show the house at that time, or they didn't even ask to show, but I mean, it, it really, I did. Right. And I had my kids 50% of the time at that time. And so I, when I had my kids, I worked like crazy. And, and when I didn't um, have that, when I had, when I had them, I, I was with them, but when I didn't have them, I would just work, work, work. So I was willing to put the time in. I, I took a ton of education and uh, got credentialed in, you know, almost any certification I could get my hands on back then in real estate when I was first starting, I invested in my business. I mean, I, I was not afraid to put, to spend money to make more, mm-hmm. right? Back then I was putting my listings on television. I would, you know, put CDs on the fly, on the, on the, on my real estate signs and put like 20 pictures on the CDs where most people were just doing like black and white flyers. You know, I, I just made sure that I was doing things differently. And um, I really just took care of my clients, right? I mean, I love people and I, I love, I want people to like me, obviously. And I, I like doing right by people. So, I, you know, I always say people before things and the things will come. It was mm-hmm. really about, you know, whether they could afford it or whether it was a good investment. And more often than not, I would say, hey, this might not be the right house for you. And here's why. And people were like, do you even want to sell real estate? And I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't feel, you know, I can tell the market's crashing and you're, you know, you're, you work at Kmart, you're, you're going to spend $500,000 on a house. I don't, I don't see how that's going to work. Right. And, you know, that, that was really what was happening back then. But it just, you know, it worked. I worked really hard and just you know, had good intentions and, you know, all as well. So your first year, 69 houses, uh, how much, how many of those were your listings on the seller side and how many of those were house hunting for buyers? And buyers at first. Yeah. 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 And that's, I mean, that's the standard where you start is, is buyer representation, right? Which is like pretty brutal, thankless work. It is. Yeah. It was pretty brutal. It's uh, again, it's every weekend, every night it's on their schedule, drop everything. Because if you don't, if you don't drop everything, they'll go to somebody else. Real estate's pretty, you know, dog eat dog. Um, I did open houses back then and door knocked back then and did all the things that, you know, I, I would never do now, <laughs> but I did them back then. So, and they worked, they didn't work as effectively as the things that I do now do, but they did, they definitely did work. And, um, but most people are not willing to do the type of things that it takes. Like most people would not be willing to door knock and yeah. would not be willing to, you know, uh, have a listing of, and, and, you know, hand out fit hundred flyers, you know, every weekend or just do those kind of things. They wouldn't be willing to hold an open house. And then afterwards, go bring a gift to the clients that, that showed up and say, Hey, you won the raffle. And by the way, here's my marketing plan. Or, you know, they wouldn't, most people are not willing to do what it takes in a lot of careers and a lot of professions because they let the excuses come in the way. So, how did you, were, were you always like that? Or was it the, the desperate situation you found yourself in that kind of lit a fire that maybe you didn't even know was there? Well, I, you know, kind of both. I, I mean, I, I don't, I didn't realize as, until I've gotten older, just kind of how driven I am. But when I was younger, I found myself in trouble. I ended up in juvenile hall and then I ended up going to a group home um, in, in high school and then spending my remainder three years of high school in a foster home. And during that time, I, you know, some, I was a good kid, but I had some family problems. And so, but deep down, I was always a good kid, you know, mm-hmm. but I just found my way into some negativity. And so um, I remember at one point thinking, I've got to, I can just, I can keep doing this juvenile hall thing, or I could be different, you know, like I'm a good kid, like, I don't want to be like this. So I just made the conscious decision to sort of 
be the best I could be in everything that I was doing. Right. And so um, I remember um, deciding to go to college and I applied for a scholarship and I got a scholarship from the juvenile hall that I had was in. And the guy told me when I, when he gave me the scholarship, and it wasn't very much, it was like $1,200 a year. But for me, that was a lot because I was paying for all my own college and everything. And he said, Krista, one day when you make it big, just remember like to be a good person and to pay it forward. And I, I remember that. I remember him handing me the check, like literally it was a check back then, like a handwritten check and him telling me pay it forward and to be a good person. And, and, and then the, the meaning of that check was like, there were times where I couldn't eat and that, that check like put, you know, food in my, in, in, in my stomach. So I took it serious and, you know, I just kept trying to be the best person that I can be and, you know, had great friends and read great books and hired great mentors and just continue to then and now, you know, work on the person that I am. Yeah. So it's interesting. You first did it in real estate. Um, now you're working on the digital marketing uh, and coaching side of things. And, you know, I had an interview on this show several months ago with actually my best friend from high school. We met in driver's ed and uh, he's my best friend. His name's Rob. And he's actually building one of the fastest, probably the fastest growing residential real estate team in the, in the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex right now. And he just transitioned into it from uh, like three years ago. So he's gone from, you know, zero to fastest growing team leader in the Metroplex in like three years. He was a personal trainer before that. And, you know, he played college football and whatever, hardworking guy. But um, we were, because we're really good friends, we talk a lot and we always draw parallels between his industry and and my industry especially a few years ago when i was very much in the digital marketing square of of business right because they're both industries where anybody can do it but virtually nobody does it i mean a lot of people try to do it and you and i would both say well anybody could do it but so many people try to do it. But then you look at the statistics. I mean, honestly, internet marketing is probably just as bad as real estate for like what percentage of people actually, let's say, make a million dollars or transform their life or are able to quit their day job. Like whatever the standard is, um, you've done it in two industries. I've done it in two industries because I used to be a professional musician, which, you know, how many kids play piano lessons versus how many actually make a living you know, doing studio work and gigs, like what, so what, so I'm curious, what is it that you find as the parallel in real estate and now digital marketing that, I, I mean, I've been searching for this answer for over a decade. Why is it that anybody can, but so few will? I think a lot of it has to be, it's, it's your own belief system, right? I mean, I, and I know that sounds so cliche, but uh, if you read the book from Lewis Howe's School of Greatness, one of the things that he found that people had in common was the fact that they believed they could do it. And for some reason, I just always have believed that I can do it. Like I remember being at a real estate training about five, six years ago and them asking us to put our goals down. And I wrote down $2 million and everybody around me was like 100,000, 150, 75,000, 250. And I was like, oh man, I almost like I went to erase my goal of $2 million. And um, I was like, why, why am I going to erase, erase it? I can do it. Like, I mean, I just got to work for it. Right. And, 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 and I did like, we've done, we've, we've had, you know, $2 million, more than $2 million years uh, in real estate. Right. We just brought my digital marketing company from zero to eight figures in 35 months. Right. Yeah. From no one knowing who I was and yeah. 
and it is it was hard. I mean, don't get me wrong. I made so many mistakes. I had I had there was a a year of like, how am I even paying? How was this even half? How am I paying these bills? Because this it seemed like I would, was spending more than I was making, and I was quite frankly, a lot of a lot of those months. And it's taken me quite a while to really kind of like be profitable, if it makes sense in the in that space, because I was trying to grow so fast. I just kept throwing throwing things back back into it. And I don't regret that at all because it's 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 worked out well for us. Um, but I mean, it's just believing in myself and and when i fall like not wallowing in it but just going okay that happened now let's how do we how do we adjust how do we adapt how do we move over it or under it or through it how do we just keep pushing forward and one more thing i will say is just starting right like i start way too fast meaning most people will think like we made this decision you just we why are you already starting it's like well i mean because i need to start and and so a lot of people are just getting ready and they're aiming, but they never fire where I fire first and then I get ready and then I aim. And so along the way, I'm, I'm making mistakes, I'm adjusting, I'm adapting, but that happens when you wait and you plan and you try to make it be perfect. So many people are trying to be perfect and make everything be so ready. And when, when they actually launch or do something, they still make all the mistakes that I made when I just started. I think that's been- right. Yeah, I mean- it, it, Jeff, it's a hard one. Like, I don't know. I just, no, it, I mean, here's the thing. I've, I'm, I think you're like my 105th or 100. I know we passed 100 interviews a couple of weeks ago. So let's say you're number 105, 110, somewhere in there. I basically ask everyone the same question because, you know, that's who I have on the show are people that are outlier successes in their, in their fields. And it's always basically the same answer. So don't, you know, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer, but if there's a right answer, I think you got it right. It's not, what you do, it's who you are and how you do. You know, it's it. There's these there's these intangible qualities: massive action taking, the ability to make a decision and go hard into that decision without equivocation, without second guessing. It's you're probably a you know in some ways a, a really intense person that even sometimes makes people uncomfortable because they're like, why is this lady so on all the time? Can't she just chill? And like. You know, I'm, I'm right there with you. And the reason I say this isn't because it's good or bad. You know, we, you are who you are. I am who I am. The people I have on the show are who they are. But based on what people say they want out of life, then you could argue that this is good. It is good to be this way. It is good to be intense. It is good to be extreme. It is good to be driven. It's good to be fast moving. It's good to be constantly moving and shifting and adapting and not getting stuck in analysis paralysis. It's good to be exactly like Krista if you want success, abundance, money, freedom, flexibility, lifestyle options, early retirement, right? Probably all the stuff that, well, you probably could have early retirement, but you probably won't take advantage of it. But I'm just saying like people are, if people are listening to a show called Millionaire Secrets, Krista's telling you what to do. Well, and not only, not only that, I think, you know, like I'm a huge component on mindset. I mean, like yeah. I, I, my mindset, like crazy. I read books constantly. I'm listening to audiobooks. I'm, I have my own affirmations. I visualize my, my day. I write out, you know, how I want every aspect of my life to look all the cliche things that everyone says. But if you look at all the research and the science behind doing all those things that people think are so cliche and sound so like minuscule, there's, it's huge. I mean, because your reticular activating system doesn't know yeah. where it, it wants to go unless you're telling it to. So I do all those corny things that people will say corny. And like my students will tell, will say, 
you know, I hear this more than anything in, with my coaching students, like Krista, not only have you changed my business, but you've changed my life. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I didn't change your life. You did. You are the person that changed your life. I was just a catalyst to help get you to get there. But the reason being is because in my trainings, where there, there's so much mindset. And I think so many people, honestly, Jeff, are just, they're, they're broken. They have a hard time. They get so stuck. Like if I have to hear one more time, how horrible 2020 was, like it's been one of the best years of my business, you know, and, and, and with real estate agents and now local professionals that don't even really have the ability to invest in, in their business, but they are because they know, and also a new opportunity has arisen, like, right. COVID, COVID basically I had two, two people in my company, very, very high up, my marketing manager, director, and my human resources director go into business together to open a business in a competing business that directly correlates and competes with me. Okay. It like, it knocked me on my butt for about two days. And I was like, Oh my God, you know? And then, and I was just like, okay, I went full speed on how do we fix this? Like, how do we make this better? How do we, you know? And it's been, it was, it's been six months of just absolute, like constantly fixing things that were broken and changing and modifying and adapting. And like, and I'll tell you what, looking back now, again, it was the best thing that could have ever happened because I didn't realize all the things that were, weren't working correctly. Cause I was just trusting in the process and not being, not taking extreme ownership of my company. Right. And, but now it's like the company is, is an alignment. We're working together as a team. We fixed all the back end stuff. We're, we're way, way, way more profitable now. Like I was looking back, I'm like, I mean, there was months where I'd spend $470,000 in expenses. And I'm, you know, now we're down to under 200, right? Yeah. All just these things that I thought was so bad, kind of getting on a tangent, but I, I just think that when you're in business, number one, you've got to believe in yourself. You have to know that stuff is going to happen. Things are going to come in your way and you have to just be willing to adapt and you have to be willing to invest and to take risks. I mean, how many people do you know that they want all of this stuff they want to have the freedom and the flexibility and the time, but they're not number one, willing to invest in themselves and the education and the skill to learn how. And number two, they're not willing to invest um, the time that it takes to get there, right? Mm-hmm. It's like they, they want the, these things, but they're not willing. It's like, I, I know about hiring Russell Brunson. He helped me go from zero to, you know, seven figures in, in 20, 20, uh, 25 months, 26, 23 months, what was it? And now, you know, to go from zero to eight figures in 35 months, it's from investing in his coaching and mentorship and, and as well as, you know, an upwards of around $300,000 in coaching and training over the past three years. When I just actually wrote it down, I did this thing in the inner circle and I said, Hey, we hit 10 figures and here's all of you that I gave money to. I started listing out like 25 grand, 60 grand, 30 grand. I'm not kidding. It was, it was close to 300 grand. And I'm like, and I know I forgot some of you. I was able to get to where I'm at because I did took the investment. Now that money came out of my pocket, meaning I didn't see the profit yet of, of my, of my business, but I just kept investing back in me. 